Welcome back to RPM, the podcast that explores the world of private markets. I'm Graziella Scassillo, and today here with me, we have Stepson Partners, Marcel Schindler and Kristen Fry. They have recently been working on a tired landing COVID update. Let's find out with them how the market is reacting and evolving in the current scenario. Kristen, Marcel, welcome to RPM. Hi, Graziella. Thanks a lot for having Marcel and me on your podcast. Graziella, pleasure being with you today. Well, COVID-19 era is for sure lasting longer than most would have imagined. Kristen, how surprised are you? Not totally. You know, at the onset of the crisis, to be honest, we didn't know how to make a prediction as to how long it would take or how it actually would unfold. And so we had taken the approach of thinking in scenarios. And the scenarios that we've mapped out, you know, ranged from a very contained impact, only lasting a quarter, to a very severe impact that could last a couple of quarters. And we'd actually given a relatively low likelihood to the contained scenario. And so what we actually experienced is very well in the range of scenarios that we had mapped out. I mean, even today, when we look forward, we still prefer to think in scenarios because we feel it's not mm. clear whether you know, it's going to be a straight line to normalization from here. So investors started allocating to private debt post-global financial crisis, or GFC. For these investors, the COVID pandemic represents the first stress test for this asset class. Marcel, how did the private debt market cope with this crisis? Uh, thank you, Graziella. Uh, I have to say the market proved to be resilient, or let's put it like that, they delivered the promise that in LPs actually uh, expected. As we all have seen in during GFC, the direct lending market has been resilient, but obviously there were doubts considering how that market grew and how many new participants and new type of transactions were added post-GFC, that in this first stress test during COVID, the market was still resilient. What does that mean? Drawdowns compared to public credit markets, high-yield market syndicated loans, were rather muted uh, and obviously the sharp ratio uh, said like this, much, much more resilient. One though has to consider that so far we just have seen markdowns driven by valuation corrections and we have not seen yet realized losses, which we'll expect over the next 12 to 24 months. So to a certain extent, I have to say the jury is still out. So, Marcel, are things in Paradise back to normal then, or is it just a superficial impression and there is more hidden beneath the surface? What did you observe so far? An interesting question, Graziella. On the surface, it gives the impression to be back to normal. And, and I will talk about some stats with respect to that. But below the surface, we note a bifurcation of sectors and borrowers, meaning that especially the lower tier will struggle going forward to be financed. We see dispersion among GPs, which are affected, impacted differently on their existing portfolios 
uh, ability to raise capital and to source deals. And definitely we are confronted with an environment, generally investment environment, with longer rates than we expected. Looking at the market now post the pandemic, we see that it normalized in terms of the yields that we observed that came back close to the level pre-crisis. And even if we look at the deal structures and at the risk measures that we look at, for example, like loan to values or leverage, we see that pre-crisis level have been reached again. So we see on the surface, actually, that normality seems to be back. But if we look below the surface, what we noted, looking at the different managers in the market, we really seen a significant dispersion, not just in returns, but as well in terms of deployment, which is a point we normally address by type of diversification to mitigate these type of risks. And uh, Marcel, let's also take a look at Europe and US in particular. Uh, which differences do we see between these two markets? Again, uh, very interesting. We did a study last year already, immediately post-COVID event. And we did a fundamental mm -hmm. analysis of about 4,000 credits in there. And what we have seen immediately that Fundamentally, and not surprisingly, the industries and borrowers were impacted very, very similarly, independent of where they have been located uh, initially. Now, what we've seen then, though, in performances between Europe and US was very different. But again, that was not driven fundamentally necessarily, but the valuation methodology that have been applied differently in the US and Europe. So U.S. was a bit more driven mark to market, took larger hits in their profit and loss, whereas the Europeans remained rather conservative on a cost valuation method, and we've seen less value correction. As mentioned before, we believe mid-long term uh, that will need to be proven to be right because the realized losses will only come in in the near future. And I would say now, speaking of differences, Christian, how did COVID impact different industries? Are there any big differences between what you had expected and what happened in reality? Yeah, we had expected differentiated impacts on industries, again, ranging from very high impact industries to moderately impacted industries. And it turned out that we were actually spot on on the highly impacted sectors. They suffered in the range of what we had expected. However, the rest of the industries did much better than we had thought. And, and some sectors actually profited even handsomely from the uh, pandemic. And these are, of course, insights that we gained and that we will or used when we now update our scenarios going forward. Each one of us is, is facing major changes in our daily lives in this period, and we're not sure which changes this will cause in our future, in the way we live, work, or just meet people. But my question here is about changes that investors are facing. What should investors watch out for, Christian? So when we had the first lockdowns, and they were imposed, we experienced what we call first order effects, but also ripple effects affecting the whole economy. 
And, and first order effects, we consider those effects that affected businesses that were directly impacted by the lockdowns, such as restaurants or cinemas. Ripple effects are those effects um, that affect the broader economy via you know, supply chain or substitution effects. So think of you know, if you close cinemas, you know, there's less popcorn needed. Yeah. Um, and so we know now how big these first and uh, order and ripple effects uh, were. But as long as or as this pandemic drags on, as you mentioned, we're also starting to change or adjust to the situation. And these effects we call um, second order effects, you know, us adjusting to the way we maybe conduct our life, but also how we do businesses. And these second order effects might accelerate existing trends. So for example, e-commerce is one of such mm -hmm. trends, or it might change the way how we do business. It might change our travel habits, or it might change the balance between, you know, work from home and work in the office. And so when we think about normalization, I think we cannot just assume that everything uh, goes back to normal and we can underwrite to uh, pre-COVID levels, but we have to think about where do second-order effects potentially permanently change revenue potential or profit potential um, for businesses. In light of this, Marcel, how the investment environment will adapt to the new social norms and conditions. In other words, what does this new environment mean to LPs, GPs, and borrowers? So let me first characterize how I see that new environment, obviously driven again by monetary intervention and obviously fiscal stimulus. Uh, obviously, higher equity valuation, lower rates, for longer than we all expected and most likely increased default rates going forward. Because I mentioned the lower tier sectors and borrowers will have a hard time. Now, this environment impacts GPs, obviously, in the way they have to manage portfolios, source deals, and partially as well work out situation in problems or find new ways to actually finance certain specific sectors. Yeah. On the LP side, on the other hand, that means the relative value, the attractiveness of private markets compared to public market has significantly increased. We see this in the yield difference between the direct lending market and the high yield market represented by bonds and syndicated loans. This difference historically has never been as attractive. So we need to expect that investors over time will significantly shift into more private allocations, which again has a number of consequences for these markets that have to absorb these uh, inflows. Thank you both for being with us today. Thank you again for having us today. Thank you very much, Graziella. Thank you for listening to this episode of RPM. Stay tuned for new episodes every few weeks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about Stepstone Group, visit us at www.stepstonegroup.com. 